this morning. I'm excited about what God has in store for us as a church this morning. Um, I just want to first of all say thank you so much for everything that you've done as a church. We were able just this past week to go to Pryor, Oklahoma, and uh, we literally uh, transformed a church uh, with our teenagers and some of our college students and a few of our adults. Uh, they're actually having church in that building today, which is so cool. And I know some of you are like, well, I didn't go. I didn't do anything. Here's the thing. Some of you actually gave so that others could go, and most of you prayed so that we would not die because it was 114 degrees. <laughs> and then most of you, I think some of you, probably fasted for this week. And so I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, it was, it was uh, one of the most challenging um, mission trips that I had ever gone on. Uh, it was basically what we did is we merged a Mexico City missions trip with a Des Moines, Iowa makeover. Uh, that was very brutal for some of our students. Our 16-year-olds, 17, 18-year-olds were having a tough time. Our 12-year-olds were just killing it. They were just on fire. They didn't even care. They have, they're a ball of energy, and we were like, where'd they get that, you know? Uh, but truthfully, uh, they got up every morning at 7.30, had breakfast. We had Devo at 8.30. They went to work, and they had lunch at 11.30, uh, and then they went back to work till 3. We gave them a, a break from 3 to 4, ate dinner at 4.30, and then back at it at 5 until 9.30 or 9 o'clock on doing outreaches, and then they went to Devo at 9.30 in bed at 10, and they were like in bed asleep at 10. They were tired. Yeah, but it was a great week. It was very challenging for some of us, but it was an incredible week, and so I just want to say thank you so much uh, for everything that you did to make that possible for us as a group. Uh, to go. Uh, You're literally changing lives. Prior will never be the same, and uh, I'm telling you it's because of what you did, and so so thank you so much from, from the bottom of my heart. Hey, this morning we're uh, on week two of a sermon series called Life Together, and so I just want to kind of jump out there. There are Legos all over the stage. We're going to kind of talk about that in just a moment, but we're going we're gonna to jump in by reading some scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 15 through 20, if you have your Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. It says, now it, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, then where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I mean, I want you to think about that for just a moment. I mean, have you ever thought about the fact that, that we as a church, we're the collective hands and feet of Jesus? I mean, think about it like that. I mean, like we just went to Pryor, Oklahoma, and we were the hands and the feet of Jesus. Jesus in the flesh, if you will. We were actually doing the work of the Father. We were going out and preaching the gospel and teaching people uh, how to, to, to do ministry. We, we literally thought we were going to transform a building, but yet we didn't realize that they were watching everything we were doing, uh, even as, as far as when we were numbering off. One, two, three, and we got all the way to 33 and they were like what are they doing and they were oh they're counting so they leave no one we left no one there was some that I wanted to leave but we left no one but the truth of the matter is they watched everything we did and everything we did was done to the T with excellence. And I want you to understand that that's the thing we have to know is that we are the collective hands and feet of Jesus. When we go into Walmart, we're the hands and the feet of Jesus. When we go to research, we're the hands and the feet of Jesus. When we go into our workplaces, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. When we go to our schools, we're the hands and the feet of Jesus. And so some of you in this room say, you know what, what I do doesn't matter. And I simply came by here this morning to tell you that you matter. 
and that everything you do as a person, as an individual, matters. This is so true. Listen, you matter. All of you in this room, regardless of what the world has said to you, regardless of what maybe your spouse has said to you, regardless of what your parents or your coaches or your teachers have said to you, I need you to know today, you matter. You matter. How do I know this? It says it in Psalms 139, 13, and 14. It says, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This tells me that you weren't an accident and you weren't a second thought. No, you were planned by God to live in such a time as this for such a time as this. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. You were, an, you were not an accident. You were not a second thought. You were planned by God to, to, to live in such a time as this for such a time as this. I just need you to know that. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. He has great things for us to do. I don't know who needed to hear that today, but I can tell you the truth that you matter. See, there's lots of Legos all over the floor, and I want you to know that Legos have been played with by children and adults of all ages for, for so many years, and, and they're fascinating, and, and the reason why is because the possibilities of what you can do with the Lego are limited to only your imagination. It's crazy because you can look up and you can see that these are just small plastic little bricks with raised circles yeah, who would have ever imagined that these pieces of plastic would be worth billions of dollars, literally a fortune. The Danish toy company that began in the 1930s built a Lego empire around building bricks that they introduced in the 50s. Individually, Legos are just cheap pieces of plastic, and I might add, of course, they cause a great deal of distress to parents who walk through the house at dark at night when someone's left them on the floor. <laughs> But despite their basic design, the magic is in the way they fit together. Legos are designed to be together. That's what those little raised circles are for, they, to attach each brick to another. And together, the plastic pieces can be made into something fantastic. There's like actually full-scale size models of castles and cars and airplanes and spaceships and dragons and all kinds of stuff. Legos are pretty incredibly cool. It seems that Legos can be put together to create almost anything, right? They're just a piece of plastic. And, but, but together they create something much bigger and better than the sum of their parts and so we were on this mission trip and it was funny because it, it was not funny but it was just really neat because at the end of the at the end of the trip a lot of the uh, pastors were crying uh, us too and, and so but we were watching them as they walked through their their uh, their, their just their building and one of our college students um, Raya looked at the the young students that were in their youth room we could, we transformed a youth room and Raya looked at him and says, what is it, what is it, how does it feel to be part of something bigger than you? And that's what we were doing. We were building something bigger than us. And, and that whole week, that was our goal, was to transform that church. But we were wanting to build something bigger than us. We weren't just wanting to, to teach the students how to, like, build something for the kingdom. But we wanted to teach them how to use their hands and to, to how to, like, build a stage. I mean, I mean, think about it. Maddie Bazone, like Maddie, little Maddie Bazone and Reese Archer built the stage by themselves. Crazy. Two young ladies, right? I mean, we helped them so they didn't cut off any fingers. But they literally built a stage. But it was so impressive because at the end of the day, they were like, I did that. I mattered. It's the little things in life that matter. And I want you to get that today, that, that we need to come together. And so sometimes we think that, you know, we're just a little piece of Lego. And how could God use me? Because I'm just too small. Listen, the church, we're, we have our own unique giftings and personalities. None of us are exactly alike. Don't get me wrong. Individually, we certainly can make a difference. But the impact that we make is much bigger when we don't do it alone. 
That's why life groups are so important. That's why the life group party this afternoon is important for you to show up because here's the deal. When I put myself with a life group, I understand that I'm doing life together. The most important thing is that I get connected with other Christians and other people in my church, in my community, that, that, that I can put myself with them. So when I'm going through some difficult times and hard situations, they, they stack themselves on me and they realize that I'm better together and I can get through this thing called life because we're connected together. God created all of us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We as Christians, we make up a body of Christ. We are each just our own small part of a much greater body. As Christians, we are one small piece that, when combined with other unique pieces, form a body that's a powerhouse. Think about that this morning. An individual Lego piece doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Maybe it's how you feel this morning. Maybe you feel like, I'm not, I'm not that good. I can't sing. And, I, I can't teach, and I, I, I just, I, I don't know, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what I can do. I'm just, I just feel so small. Can I just tell you the truth that every piece matters? When you look at the grand scale of things, when you look at the big, huge Legos, when you look at those Legos that have been built, the, the, the life-size cars and, and, and the life-size house and all the things that are just the Lego that you build yourself, when you look at that Lego, what you see on the outside is the beauty. You see all those pieces that make it look like it's supposed to look. But without those in the middle, the structure, the foundation, the Lego would never stand. And some of us in this room say, well, PJ, I can't sing and I can't preach and I can't cook, but you can pray and you can fast and you can believe and you can stand with us in the gap in a transition time so we can say, God, help us in the middle of all of this. See, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, for we are all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Together, we're greater than we are individually. Together, we're a body in which we, each of us make up our own unique, critical part of the body. Every piece matters. We're going to say that a lot this morning. I need you to get that. You matter. And you're like, PJ, why does that matter? Because I need you to know that you matter. Like, you literally matter. You're like, all I ever do is come in and sit down and, 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 and I just, I just, I, I don't do anything. You matter. Because here's the deal. In a, in a transition time such as this, in a life group, we're getting ready to start. We need you to be a part of the body because we need each other to help us complete this thing. In a complicated Lego structure, every piece matters. In a church structure, every piece matters. Listen, I just want you to understand something this morning. Christ wants you to know that you matter. We all bring our own unique value to the body, none exactly the same as the person next to you. What gifts do you have and how are you a part of the body of Christ? Let me ask you this this morning. How are you using your personality, your talents, and your, and your passions for the important pieces of the body? Your, your peace matters. Your past doesn't disqualify you from being used in the kingdom. There's some people that may be in this room this morning that say, you know what, I want to do something for the kingdom, but I have a past. The truth of the matter is all of us have a past. And if we looked at our past and none of us would do anything for the kingdom, we all have a past. God gave me a word for our church today. Not only did he give me a word to preach, but he gave me a word for our church, and I'm going to share that with you this morning. The title of the sermon this morning is called Legos with a Purpose. And I want you to know this morning that, the, that the, the word that God gave me for our church is that we have a purpose. We have a purpose. Did you know that God has given you gifts to be used by the kingdom? We as followers of Christ need to use our gifts to, as a platform to enhance the kingdom. I love it when God's gifts are used to align with God's plan. It's so cool. I need all of you this morning to know that God has a plan for you. 
Not, I need you to know that because it's the truth. God has a plan for you, and he wants to fulfill that through you by using your talents and your gifting. He wants you to be a Lego in his church. Ephesians 2.10 is one of Pastor Brian's favorite scriptures is, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created in us a new Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. First thing you need to know is that God created you and that you are his masterpiece regardless of what anyone says. And he has work for you to do. The first thing we need to know is that God created us. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established, Proverbs 16 and 3. God not only has a plan for you as individuals, but he has a plan for us as a church as well. The sad thing is so many of us miss the plan because we're trying to be perfect. I want to tell you a few things this morning that we don't need to be perfect, we just need a purpose. If we're always striving to be perfect, we'll never find our purpose. Sometimes we miss our plan because we're, we're problem-driven instead of purpose-driven. Jesus was purpose-driven. He, he was in the garden. There were some problems in the garden. We just sang about it. And Jesus was in the middle of the garden, and he was like, okay, Lord, if possible, let this cup pass, but nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. Jesus was purpose-driven. He knew that I had to go and fulfill the plan that God had in store, but, but there were some problems about to take place. I, there were some things that were going to happen. I was going to have to be beaten, whipped, and nailed to a cross, and that's a problem. But if I, if I concentrate on my problems, then I'm going to forget my purpose. And so Jesus concentrated on the purpose, and he fulfilled the plan. You see, we have to stop being driven by our problems and start being driven by our purpose. Check this out. I saw this in a study this last week. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and he was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. David had a purpose. We have a purpose. David was a Lego. You are a Lego. I want you to know that David wasn't driven by his problems. He was driven by his purpose. David had purpose, and his purpose was to serve God. Now, trust me, when you find your purpose for Christ, you'll find problems. Amen? David found a lot of his fair share of problems whenever he gave his life to God. I mean, think about it. He was anointed to be king at the early age of 17, but, but, but wasn't actually appointed king until 13 years later. And those 13 years were waiting what, what, what I like to call a spiritual boot camp. He found a whole lot of problems I like to think that those 13 years actually prepared David for what God had for him, the purpose in which he was actually going after. The truth be told, God is preparing us as a church, Carbondale, life groups as a purpose. The purpose of life groups is to do life together, to bind us together, to connect with each other so that we can do this thing called life and live it out. Because life is going to be full of problems. We're all going to have problems. We're going to have situations and circumstances that we don't have the answers to. But the only way to get through it is to be connected together like Legos. And we just connect ourselves and say, let's do life together. The cool thing about life groups are when you see someone that's going through something and their life group shows up and they, they bring them dinner or they, take them, or they go to the hospital and they pray with them or, or they, 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 they take them out and they help them. It's really cool to watch life groups do life together. Why are they doing it together? Because they're connected. Life groups are important. If you're not connected to a life group, I need you to try to get connected to a life group. They're so important. The toughest question of all, we have a lot of those questions this morning. <clears throat> are you using your purpose to change your family? Are you being a Lego? Are you using your purpose to change your workplace? Are you being a Lego? Are you using your purpose to change your neighborhood? Are you being a Lego? Are you using your purpose to change your church? Again, are you being that Lego? Are you using your purpose to change your community? Are you being a Lego? The toughest question of all is, are you accomplishing God's purpose in your life? Are you being a Lego? We, we, um, we gave every one of our students a Lego. Matter of fact, you're going to get one this morning, too, if you choose to. 
But these Legos have holes drilled in them. And we gave our students leather bracelets and they can make a bracelet like the one that's on my wrist. And, and some of them put them in their, their purse and some of them put them on their keychain. But basically all week long, I wanted that Lego to remind them of the fact that they were building something bigger. I wanted them to know that, you know what, it's not about me. When they got tired, discouraged, when they were distraught, when they were weary, when they wanted to quit, when, they wanted, when it was too hot, when the van read 117 degrees, <laughs> that's what it said. I could look at my Lego and say, oh, I'm building something bigger than me. Because if we don't, if we don't remember that, then we will forget why we're here. And, and I try to tell our students, listen, the most important thing that we're going to do all week long are the outreaches. The building is going to be incredibly amazing. We're going to get that done, but, but, but these people need to be taught how to do outreaches. They need to be taught how to do missions work. And today, they're not only having a, a service in their church, but they're planning an outreach already at the apartments once a month. Why? Because they saw a purpose. I'm telling you, your kids killed it. I mean, literally, they, we gave them three to four. They got a nap. It was nap time. Feet off the floor. They were like, whew, they were all excited. But from four, four we got up 4.15. They got on the van at 4.30. We ate dinner. They loaded up the vans, they put up tents, they set up tables, they put out chairs, they face painted, blue animals. I mean, they were painting faces and it was running down them as they were painting because it was so sweaty and hot. And they were loving it. And they met students and they prayed with students and they hugged on students and they loved on people. And more importantly than that, we showed them God's love. And the church looked at us when we left and said, oh, you thought you were coming to do a building, but what you didn't know is you came to show us how to do ministry. And we're going to change prior for the better. And it all started with a Lego. Because there were a lot of days. I'm going to be honest with you. On Monday, Monday was not too bad. It was not that we didn't do anything. But we just worked. On Tuesday, though, we did our first outreach. It was hot, Pastor Brian. It was extremely hot. And then we got to the second outreach. I have never done this. I literally looked at myself and I was thinking, yeah, I'm done. I'm going home. <laughs> but I pushed through. The third outreach was nice because I, was, I had sweated all, and then there was a breeze. It felt cool. It was like a homemade air conditioner, you know? It was like that the second day. And then the third day, we did a massive outreach, and probably close to, what, 150, 200 people showed up. Barry cooked 300 hot dogs. Um, we had a giant slip and slide. We had dunk tanks and ice cream and all kinds of stuff. But the cool thing, a lot of the people from the apartment complexes that we went to knock doors on the day before showed up that night and they found a church, and they found a pastor, and they found someone that's gonna do life together. Why? Because they're building something bigger than them. I wanna challenge you, church, tonight, today, to understand that we're building something bigger than us. We gotta to have to build something bigger than us, and some of us are in this room, and we're saying, how do I do that? How do I know what God's plan for me is? It's actually right there in this book called the Bible. It explains it very clearly what God's purpose is for our lives. Because for some of you in this room, you're thinking, can, can I be used to change anybody? My ability to influence others is zero. That's so not true. You say, well, I, I can't do any of the other stuff, but you can smile and you can shake hands and you can greet people when they walk in the door. You can have a lovely attitude. And if you're that guy that doesn't have that attitude, well, you can just pray. We need everyone. We need prayer warriors. We need people that are going to fast. We need people that are going to hold our, our pastors up, our arms up. And they need some Aaron and hers. What we need are some people, like in the orchestra, they have what they call page turners, Pastor Roy. And when the orchestra is actually performing, that page turner is actually down in the ground, and nobody sees the page turner. And if the page turner is a half a second off or a half a second early, or, or, then the whole thing messes up. And they can only do what they do because of the page turners. Some of us, you need to understand, you're not going to be seen, and that's okay. You're, you're just the structure of this thing. And God says, just be a page turner. 
Because without page turners, nothing else on stage can happen. We need page turners. You're saying, PJ, what does it matter? Listen, my mom, my mom doesn't sing. My mom, uh, and she's watching. Hi, mom, I love you. But she doesn't sing. I mean, she can't sing. I'm sorry, but she can't sing. But <clears throat> I love you, mom. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm glad my birthday was last month. Anyway, but let me tell you what she does now. She opens the door at church. She turns on the air. She stays late and shuts it, turns off the air. Why? She's like, I can't do any of the other things, but I can serve my church in any way I can. She's a page turner. We just need some page turners. What's a page turner? Here's a page turner. I saw a young man today that was walking into the parking lot. You know what he did? He stopped, bent down, and picked up three or four pieces of paper, put them in his pocket, walked inside, and threw them in the trash. You know what that is? It's a page turner. It's keeping his house clean. You see, they've been taught that. They've been, they've been, they've been instilled in that in their lives. Here's the deal. I may not be able to do all the other things, but I can keep my house clean. I can keep my church clean. I can do all those things. I can be that page turner. Today, can you be a page turner? Listen, page turners are the same as someone leading on stage. Page turners are the same as someone that's hosting a life group. Page turners are the same as people who are attending life groups. You're just connected to the body. You're connected to your church. Did you know that you have the ability to influence others with all the talents you have? It's true. You, just like David, can be used to serve God's purpose in making a difference in somebody's life. Just let him use you. Every day we need to preach the gospel, and sometimes with words, but more importantly with our actions in our schools, our communities, our towns, and our families. Hear me today, Carbondale. It's time to make Jesus famous with what God's given you. You see, it's not about us. It's always been and always will be about him. John 3.30, he, he must increase, but I must decrease. And everything we do, we have to point people to Jesus. We have to be a Lego. We have to say to others, come connect with us. Come do life with us. Come connect to my life group. Come connect to my church. Come connect to my family. We, the church, have somehow bought into this misconception that we need people that come into our doors, visitors. We need them to behave when they walk in. We need them to believe, and then we'll let them belong. Now, that's, that's, we've had this misconception, and that's what we want people to do. We want them to walk in the doors, sit down, raise their hands, and lift up their voices and sing praises to God and learn to believe what we believe, and then they can belong. But the truth of the matter is we got that all wrong. We have been called to be Legos, and if that's the case, then we have to connect with every person that walks in this door, and we have to look at them and say, listen, here's the reality of this. You know what? Before you believe and before you behave, I need you to know you belong. Because when someone believes that they belong or feels that they belong, then they'll believe and then they'll behave. We have to connect to every person that walks in the doors regardless of their past, the color of their skin, their socioeconomical background. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is them and what Jesus did for them on the cross. And to be honest, in all reality, I think it would be good that if we, Team Carbondale, gave every visitor that walked through those doors at Lego and instructed them to tell them, listen, you belong here. And not only do you belong here, but we want you to get connected. Here's a Lego. I think that should be our model. Here's a Lego. You belong here. Get connected. What can we do? What do you need? Because the truth of the matter, when people walk into the building, they're looking for hope. They're looking for peace. They're looking for joy. They're looking for all the things we have. And if we can just get them connected, they'll get everything that we have, and God will do great things in their lives. That's why we need to, we're going to start doing that every Wednesday night. We're going to start giving all of our guests simply a Lego that says you belong and that you need to be connected. I want to challenge you this morning, if I would, if I could, for just a moment, 
to buy into what God is doing here. This is an incredible church, and God's doing a remarkable thing. And even though we're in the middle of a transition, we're still going forward. We've got men's conference coming up and life groups starting in August. We have a big kickoff tonight, a big party, hot dogs and hamburgers and all kinds of ice cream and all kinds of good stuff. We're going to get connected. And if you're not in a life group, come tonight, get connected into a life group. If you're part of a life group, show up tonight with your life group. It's going to be really cool, and it's going to be great. But I want you to understand that I want to challenge you uh, to, to just be a Lego, if you would. All over the stage are Legos, and my friend PJ is going to come. That, that'll, that'll give you some hope that I'm about to finish. <laughs> and PJ is going to lead us in a song. And but before he does, I just I just want to give you this: the Legos on the stage are for anyone and everyone in this room that wants to take one. I would love for you to take a Lego and put it on your keychain or. If you want to, you can make a bracelet out of it, or if you want to, you can take it home and you can you can put it on your in your in your, wherever you want to put it. Just I, I just want it to, to be a constant reminder for this season of life groups that we're better together. And we need to connect with each other. So that every time you see that Lego, I hope that you will pray. You know what? I need to pray for my life group. I need to pray for our life groups at our church. I need to pray that we stay connected together so that we can get through this thing called life together. And so every time you go to, to your car to start it, and you got that on your keychain, I pray that you see the Lego and it sparks a reminder to pray. We're better together. I want to keep praying for my church, for life groups this season. Because of the truth of the matter is, is life groups is what going to get some of us through this, this season. Life groups are extremely important for us. And so I want to challenge you to, to do just that, to take that piece home with you and to, over the next season of life groups, begin to pray for your life group. Pray for your own personal life group. Pray for the people in your life group. And then pray for the life groups of our church because we have a lot, but we can still use more. And then, then I want that to be a constant reminder of some of you in this room that have someone that doesn't know Jesus. Maybe someone in your family. Maybe it's a son or a daughter, a mom or a dad, a grandparent, a grand. It, it doesn't matter who it is, aunt or an uncle. But, but you're looking at it and you're like, you know what? Here's the deal. Um, I, got a, I got someone in my family that doesn't know Jesus. And this is going to be a constant reminder for me to pray for them that they'll get connected to a church that'll bring them into a relationship and into the kingdom. Because the truth of the matter is, is that, yeah, I don't just want to stay con pray for my life groups to get con connected to each other, but I also want to pray for those that are lost and don't have Jesus. And I want to be able to pray that, you know what, when I see that Lego at work, put it on your desk at work, take it to you, put it in your car, put it wherever you want, but just let it be a constant reminder to pray for life groups, but also to pray for those who are in your family that don't know Jesus. All of us have people in our family that don't know Jesus. And I pray that, that when you, I do this a lot in youth because it helps students remember things. But when you go into Walmart and you walk down the toy aisle and you look at a Lego, you go, oh yeah, I need to pray for them. Or when you're checking out at Walmart and you have some little kids that are in, a in front of you and there's some Legos in the basket, you can look at it and go, oh yeah, I need to pray for life groups. I need to pray for some people in my family that are lost and don't know Jesus. And the third thing I want to ask you to pray for with your Lego during this season is I want to ask you to pray for our church during this time of transition. That we as a church stay connected and stay together because church, we're better together. Three things. I'm going to pray three things. They're, they're really simple. You're like, PJ, is it that important to you? It, for me, it is. I, I've been doing this since I've been in prior. I've been praying for my church. I knew I was going to do this. I, I knew that. I, I wrote the sermon two weeks ago before I left to go to prior. I knew it time this week but I, I, the, my number one focus today was life groups I want you to understand that life groups are important Pastor Brian is doing a fabulous job with that but you need a life group so you can stay connected so you're going to pray for them 
And then the most, second most important thing, maybe the most important thing, but I have to act like Pastor Brian's the most important thing for a moment. But second, and probably the most important thing is that your family that doesn't know Jesus. Because this week we, we went to Pryor. Alex and I got to meet a man named Eric who came from California, who knew no one. And we prayed with him. He turned his life around. He was doing really well. And God laid on our heart to do some things for that guy. And we prayed for him and his family right there in the middle of nowhere. And we told him, listen, you got to find a church and get connected because you can't do life by yourself. So pray for those people that don't know Jesus in your family. And then last, again, pray for your church. So this morning, if you're saying, PJ, I'll, I'll take that challenge. I'll step out in faith and I'll do my best to set an alarm or I'll do my best to look around whenever I, I get in my car or, or if, when I'm fixing my makeup or whenever I'm getting in my change purse and I see that Lego, I'll let it be a constant reminder. I'll put it on my wrist so that I can be a constant reminder that when I see it, I'm praying for these three things. If you're willing to pray with us for those three things, Jeremiah and, and Alex are gonna come up here and they're gonna just kind of distribute these leather bands everywhere because they're, they're, there's a, just a jumbo mess. But if that's you, would you just do me a favor this morning as PJ starts to sing? Would you just come, grab a piece of Lego, and find a place somewhere to pray for those three things before you go back to your seat? And let's just let God do something crazy great in our church because we have a great church and we have an even greater God. So tonight or today, if you're ready and you would help me, would you come grab a Lego and just find a place to pray for a moment for your church? Sir. Sure. 
This is our church. We're connected. And, and not only you, but there's thousands, millions of people around the world meeting today, worshiping Jesus. And we're connected. What a good thing. And then would you remember that tonight, I don't know if you heard about it, at 6 o'clock there's going to be a party for life groups. If you're not part of a life group, would you come? We'll find you a life group. If you're part of a life group, come and eat some ice cream and celebrate that we're connected. And together we're doing something bigger than we could ever do on our own. Lord Jesus, we thank you. today we've gone on a journey and we remember that you rescued us. We feasted at your table and we remember that your body and your blood is the story of redemption, the good news that you came to rescue us and redeem us and set us in your family. And then we were reminded that you didn't set us in your family just to be done, but you set us in your family to work, to be connected, to do more than we could ever do on our own be a part of the body of Christ. So help us, Jesus. Help us to remember. Help us to tell the story over and over and over again. 
that you've set us in a family, that you've connected us, that you've made us part of something bigger. And help us when we need to lean on our family, to lean and trust and rest in your goodness and grace. And help us when we need to support and help and lift up to be strength, to be faith, to be support. Come and help us to be the body. Teach us your way. Teach us to be your people. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remember, there's nothing you could ever do to make God love you anymore. And there's nothing you could ever do to make Him love you any less. He already loves you more than you could possibly imagine.